0: You are listening to the Resilience Podcast. I'm Ole Hoyer, and I'm here to inspire you on how to build your resilience and capacity in all aspects of your life, one change at a time. Today, Steve is joining us to share about his impressive work on breathing and breath-holding, and how he successfully has trained Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, PTSD veterans, large corporations, and business executives all over the world. Stee is a four-times free diving world champion and holder of multiple Guinness World Records. Stee is also the author of the best-selling book, Breathology, The Art of Conscious Breathing, and the founder of Breathology. A warm welcome to you, Steve.
1: Thank you so much, Ole. Thank you for having me and for giving me this chance to meet your audience.
0: It's great to have you here, Steve. First of all, I want to express my gratitude for you taking the time to join our first podcast here in the Resilience Community. I know you're a very busy man, and I also know that you have a lot on the plate, especially in these corona times where people obviously want to know how to breathe better. So, you know, here's my first question to you. You have four world records being a freediver. Can you share a little bit more about how did you actually become a freediver and also how do you keep having the capacity to break, you know, world records and Guinness world records? Can you say a little bit more about that?
1: Absolutely. I I started uh, free diving from a very young age. For those who don't know, free diving is also called skin diving, or you could even look at it as snorkeling. Uh, it's also called apnea if you are more professional uh, in this world, and it, it it simply means that you hold your breath and do something underwater that that's a very simple definition so it, it means apnea mean it's a greek word word it means without air or without breath so when you hold your breath like every single kid has done in the swimming pool at swim swim practice that is free diving. and then there are many disciplines i don't want to go into all the details but you can either dive deep into the ocean you can dive a long distance under the surface of the ocean you can do that in open water or you can do that in a swimming pool uh, you can swim with fins. Uh, many times you see these monofins that are like dolphin tails. It's quite beautiful, like a mermaid or a mermaid, where you kind of wiggle in the water column like a dolphin. Uh, mm-hmm. You can uh, go down with a machine, like an elevator, a big, uh, <laughs> like a big uh, iron machine, and you boom, race down to the bottom of the abyss quite scary for some people and then there are are also disciplines where you simply hold your breath and that's probably what most people know that they've tried as a child right hold your breath as long as you can and and by the way let's put a disclaimer up here to begin with never hold your breath alone underwater Mm. uh, because it can actually become so dangerous and, and it actually feels so good that you keep holding your breath and then you have what's called a blackout and when you blackout, of course if you wake up again you swallow water and you drown so that is unfortunately how many people, especially young boys or men, lose their lives every year because they think that they can just come up in the last second, but Mm -hmm. there's no warning sign. So that was just a disclaimer. But but all in all, I've done it all my life. I grew up with a swimming pool in Denmark. I grew up with a nice boat with my family. We would sail to Sweden, Denmark, Norway, Germany. And then we also would travel every year to uh, the Mediterranean and i would jump in the water and you know when you're a child when you can hold your breath then it's just an adventure for you out there with the fish and with the, you know i got a spear gun i got my little knife i felt like james bond i was so proud but it was just an adventure every day and the more you love something and you do it out of passion the better you become right Mm -hmm. and the better you become The more fun it is so it became this positive cycle of just fun and improvement and talent and skill you know honing your skills and then i all my childhood swam so i was an elite swimmer or a competitive swimmer all my life Uh, and of course as a child you want to cheat and and be a little bit naughty at least i did so Mm -hmm. i loved cheating laps so i would sit down under the at one end of the pool while my my friends were swimming and i would wait till they, they would come back after two laps and I would join them again, you know, and I got help from the coaches. So it was a natural way to learn breath holding. And that's how I started from a very young age.
0: Can you describe to me, because I joined you for an event at some point where it was actually quite fascinating, you know, I think I went from being able to hold my breath for 50 seconds. And then I went to two minutes and 40 seconds in like less than 20 minutes with the guidance. Yeah, you. exactly. Like, I he, you know, was impressed about And I remember I... Hitting, hitting the ladder and I, we talked about when we went home in the car that day. Also, the feeling that you had, it was almost like you have been meditating for the whole day. So you also explained from a scientific point of view, what is it that it, it, it does for you when, when you go down and you hold your breath for such a long time? Do you also have the same experience as we had?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the fascinating part. That's why I love... Teaching not not so much freediving. I've been a coach for the Danish team when we won the world championship I was on the team and then I coached mm-hmm. them after when they won the championship again no. uh, Just as a coach not in the water and, and 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 what I love is this amazing You know human body and the potential we have when we can unleash that uh, You know, so it's a body-mind experience, you know, mm-hmm. you can even go talking about spir- Spirituality here, but but let's just stick with body and mind. So the the mental aspect and the physiology the neurophysiology yeah. Uh, and just by the way, since you introduced me so nicely with all these world records and this, I did, uh, you know, Also, I have another background. I'm a, I'm a marine biologist with speciality in, in neurophysiology uh, and mm-hmm. I finished my, my PhD in medicine just so people also understand that I'm very curious on, on the scientific part, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so maybe people understand a bit better my background. Um, so what happens in the body? Well, the fascinating, the fascinating part for me is to explain to people and show them, not just explain like in a book you know, wise manner, but it's, it's show them what incredible things and what journeys they can go on in their mind and in their body. And with breath holding, so that's why I said I don't teach just free diving. you know, I moved into, you, you know, I do breath work, but on the side of breath work and breathology, I would say half my work is the breath, breath holding. So it's, you know, the yin to the yang, the 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 moon to the sun, like half of what I do is breath work, but in the breath work half is not breathing. So it's the other side of breathing that we don't know so much. And that is what you would call in professional sports freediving. But for you guys and for the audience, it would just be breath holding. Or if you're interested in yoga, it would be the pranayama aspect. So the fourth uh, limb of yoga, the fourth step in yoga, where you connect the body to the mind. That is pranayama, the life universal energy. How do you work with the life force, right? And you do that especially when you hold your breath because there is such an intimate link between when you stop breathing and with the pause in your uh, thought process with the way that your brain stops. Every time we breathe in and out. the brain moves back and forth because of simple hydrostatic pressure. The blood pushes up to the brain. Mm -hmm. The lymphatic system is working. So we have this kind of water pressure right, on the brain that is just swimming up there in this fist ball, up in the the cranium, up in the skull. Mm -hmm. So when you stop breathing, the brain stops the movement. So that's why you find this peaceful moment inside. When you hold your breath, you also trigger something called the mammalian dive response. And this is something we all uh, have inside of us all human beings have this response we inherited this from many many years ago probably living in the water or from ancestors in the water but we shared with the seals and dolphins and whales that are mammals just like us they lactate they give baby to their uh, milk to their babies and they need to breathe they have lungs it's not a fish you know a whale is not a fish a shark is a fish you know Mm -hmm. um so so they need to breathe and come up to uh, to the surface for air but they live in the water and they 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 hunt in the water but but land mammals cows and pigs and rats and mice also have this mammalian dive response so it's a set of of reflexes that get triggered when you hold your breath and and what they do is they optimize your body performance in the sense that you save oxygen (laughs) obviously it's a good Mm -hmm. reflex you have if you dive you want to save oxygen right that's the only thing you care about as, as a survival mechanism then you can hunt yeah. for food you can you can um, uh, find a mate or even you know have a mating game under the water but you need to come up and breathe and when you trigger that you also change the brain uh activity and the, the brain wave patterns so usually when you're paying attention and listening and, and going about your life in everyday situations you're in beta so your brain uh, wave frequencies in beta you're listening you're debating with yourself, you have an inner dialogue, um, but you're not in flow. You're, you're not uh, giving in. You're not dissolving your ego. You're not kind of free. You know? You're know, you not in this flow state. So when you hold your breath, you have a wide range of, 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 of frequencies that you can change into. So you could go into an alpha state that's more the like um, creative, uh, you know, uh, not having a goal, not judging yourself, not not having a, a specific uh, task at hand but you just kind of uh, you become what you do you know you become absorbed in that action that's what you felt when you held your breath kind of like time disappears so that's one of the key factors of flow in general if you talk about it from a sports psychological perspective of of that the professor of positive psychology that coined the term flow mm. one of the key factors is that time disappears the, the notion the sensation of time completely disappears which is of course a good thing if You want to hold your breath for a longer period of time, Uh, especially when I do long breath holds. Of course, I utilize that fact. You know, I was the first person in the world to break the 20-minute mark, to hold my breath more than 20 minutes underwater. So when you do that, when time is not an issue, it becomes very helpful, (laughs) right? So when people can go into these new worlds and Mm. new areas of their brain and and the brain connects in a new way because you open different uh, areas of the brain, they reconnect. That's also where you often got the, get the good ideas when you're in flow, when you don't have a plan, when you don't focus on doing something. You know, maybe p- people have experienced this when they're in the shower. They're yep. kind of not thinking about themselves. They're kind of coming along, and boom, you know, they get hit by all these ideas. I also can get it when I go driving. So it's not just when you're in your sports mode. It can also be dri- driving, letting go. You're doing an activity that's absolutely just auto- on autopilot. You're not thinking. All these things mm-hmm. can flow in your brain. But you can also go into delta. And gamma, there are many other states in the brain where you are kind of in a meditative state. So I call it actually meditation underwater. And everyone can experience that. Everyone listening to this podcast, if they hold their breath, even on dry land, can start to go into this other world and open this gate, this heavenly you know, aspect of life that we never thought we could enter. Maybe if we did 40 years of meditation, we thought we could enter it. But you can quickly. And that's what you experience and got a little, a little slice of that cake. But all people can do that, and but it also has to be done in a relaxed state. So if you're nervous or anxious and you're not getting the right coaching or the, you don't get the right direction, then, of course, you're holding your breath and freaking out, and that gives no space for, for freedom or, or relaxation, right? That's obvious.
0: Mm. So what, what are some of the, the most amazing experiences you have had? Because I know we also work with people that are you know overly stressed, uh, people that really have, you know, physical and mental challenges. Can you give some examples of some of the work you have done with them and also what, what the breath-holding have done for them?
1: I would love to share because this is where, where I, you know, I get fired up. This, this is where my life work you know, really lies. If you talk about military, I've been helping veterans uh, with PTSD programs. I call it PTSD liberation. So you get liberated from all these traumas and all these... Oh, Horrible incidents and, and and memories that are stuck in your not only in your mind that's one thing you know but they're also stuck in your nervous system so basically in your body, and um, and this trauma that people live with you know in the U.S. sadly still, I think the curve is is not declining. We have about twenty two people every single day killing yeah. themselves. Former former uh, military people serving the country for our freedom. And serving the bur- world basically, but it's, it's about a veteran every hour, you know. So, when we end this podcast, sadly, another family with a have lost a, a lost uh, lost a loved one, and uh, the whole community is shattered, you know. And it's just unfathomable and unthinkable consequences that we're experiencing every day. Yet, it doesn't seem that many people are doing much about it. Yeah. Um, and it's a great shame. So, I work with the military, I have donated programs in breathology. As a matter of fact, I started back in 2014 when there wasn't that much focus on it. Yeah. And um, it came about by a random chance of me being featured in a magazine called um, Men's Journal. Because I set a Guinness World Record for the longest record, Diving Under Ice and Speedo. So diving without a wetsuit, I, I was uh, doing that for Discovery Channel. I had my own program called The Man Who Doesn't Breathe. And I did this Guinness World Record that actually still stands today. I did two records, 250 feet under ice and 500 feet under ice. Oh, Anyways, okay. it's not about the record. I was featured in, the mag- in this magazine, in an article they called the Ice Guru. And on the, the story just behind, uh, just before my story in this men's journal in 2014, was about this guy, Andrew, I think was his name. He was 23 year old, a gunner from, uh, he had been in Iraq and Afghanistan. He had been deployed to both these countries. And, you know, shortly after arriving, he experienced the uh, um, lack of sleep and he got nervous and anxious. And then they started him with all these medications. And long story short, he was at, at some point on more than 20 medical drugs, you know, heavy psychopharmaceutical psychopharma, uh, drugs, uh, mind altering drugs, you know, one to get high, one to get low, one to sleep, one to, uh, I don't even know, all these drugs. And I found this so disgusting and so horrendous and so inhumane you know and so without sense it is doesn't link to your trauma so, you know you could you know I, I just did a ted talk last year about this called breath holding it's a new black where i talk about this specific incidents with this andrew and i show the the article from men's journal and you see these drugs you know and i don't even know what they do or not but you know to have a notion that any drug can help you with a trauma that's from your past is absolutely ridiculous. I don't even know how this has got passed through any Congress or any same human being, you know? You and so I I say in this TED talk that you might as well get high or get drunk. And I'm totally transparent about it and I stand by my words because what it is is an escape, you know? You're numbing your nervous system, you're numbing your brain to be in another place and and to forget what happened, but not really work with it. Not not rebuild your nervous system. Not look at the trauma, draw a line in the sand and say, okay, that was in my past. Now I need a new narrative. I need to tell a new story, not a lie, not a, not a, not a, a, a unicorn story, like woo, everything is gold and glitter, but a new story. Okay. I experienced this. What have I learned from this trauma? I was so low. I was so down. I was dark. I was in the darkest time of my life. I was in a rabbit hole. What have I learned from this? How can I give this gift to others? How can I support others? How can I, understand other people from a new perspective i never had before you know being this super super soldier you know alpha male just killing everything you see basically right something like that how can i use this gift and how can i be more humble and and learn about myself in a new way and how can i use breath work and breath holding to unleash this pain to deal with it and and come to terms with it so that's where it started with the ptsd
0: Interesting. And so, so what are some of the results that those guys, they, they experience when they work with you?
1: Well, I started by donating a workshop called PTSD Liberation in 2014. So I, you know, I put my money where my mouth is and, and I, I invited veterans to come. And it was actually a quite a big challenge because they thought it was a a, a scam or that you're, you're not real. Why would you pay for my hotel? It was actually a very beautiful and expensive hotel in, in California called La Valencia. So like a very high end place. And I paid for the training. I paid for their you know accommodation we had a gala dinner so they were like you know these people are kind of suspicious to begin with because they're traumatized and many of them are depressed so they thought it was kind of a trick right so but they came and so the results were that in two and a half days i mean people can go and find this online because we have it on the website if they write breathology.com forward slash ptsd they can go and see the results because we put video testimonials up but the amount of release of stress and tension. And so to give you examples, one guy, his name is Jeff. He has been also deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. He had his best body die in his hands, right? So for him, he felt so much guilt and he didn't know how to come to terms with it. And, you know, he had to go to this best friend's mother and, and tell about what happened and all this and that. Yeah. He could for many years not remember a dream. For many years, no dream. Mm-hmm so in one and a half days he opened up the brain and started to remember things and he had a dream after the second night at the hotel what it also released was that he he had blocked all memories from before going to war right so he had no recollection of his childhood so like you said that alone that alone put him into a state of depression because he felt he was robbed of his entire childhood you know i get all emotional talking about that because imagine being in a place and you go out, you want to do service and do good and you get robbed of all your childhood memories, the people you have met, the people you have loved. You know, we live on our memories. That is who we are because we build on our memories. That's that's creating the person we are today. So he got those he felt were stolen from him. So he got his childhood memories back. Oh yeah, he remembered playing with his little cars in the sandbox and Mm -hmm. it came back. So those are results, tangible results. Other than that, he started to have a more normal sleeping pattern. And he actually ended up becoming, he started, he, he did a, a thesis on rehabilitation in Hawaii. And he's now working uh, as a social worker, working with homeless people and veterans. Oh, wow. I mean, if that, that is not an imagined, an incredible story in itself, you know, let alone that he, he skipped all the drugs he was taking. He mm-hmm. stopped all the antidepressant uh, medication. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but people can just go and see my Ted talk or you can put a link or something. It's called the Ble- breath holding is the new black. It's on Ted. They can just search me. My name is Then, and this name, or they can just go to breathology.com forward slash says PTSD and see this JF talk about it instead of just having me, you know, kind of, of, of explaining about it. Other yeah. things we have done is working with people in Lyme disease. Doctors yeah. told my best friend when he got hit by Lyme disease, that he sees that hit and affect more and more people around the world. It's a virus, and if it goes on, especially in your nervous system, it can ha- have a tremendous impact, making yeah. you very sleepy, elusive of orientation, and he couldn't walk, because uh, it had affected his cerebellum, which is a part of the brain that coordinates your coordination and movement. Mm. So this friend, who was kind of like you, very sporty, very active, you know, in his mid thirties with two kids, suddenly he couldn't walk. He couldn't be a good father. He couldn't keep up with his work. He was a consultant, actually a peak performance consultant because he also had a degree in in sports psychology. And the doctors told him, "Morden," his name was Morden, you're never gonna walk again. I don't know why they told him that. First of all, I think that's a bad strategy for any Mm -hmm. uh, rehabilitation process, you know. But anyways, that's what they told him. I think they just tried to be honest with him and that's what they thought. After three months of work, I did another TED talk on that in 2010, so people can go and find that. But you will see Morden coming up and hugging me on stage, and and um, he walked out of that hospital after three months, the finest neurosurgical or neuro neurological institution in Denmark in Vidov Hospital. Yeah. He walked out of that hospital with a big North Face North Face backpack of, of 40 pounds on his pack, you know. So that's another story where, and it's in my book, you know, I describe very detailed what we did every day. So that's like a case study in my book, Breathology, the Art of Conscious Breathing. So if people are curious, they, they can, you know, find that story.
0: It's great you share all those stories. I think it's very important also to hear for our audience here. And obviously also a lot of people in our audience are working in companies. They under a lot of pressure uh, to yeah. you know, most people we have been working with in one change over the past 12 years is, is really high performers that, that really has to deliver every day. The two of us, we had the privilege a few years ago to train. Uh, I think it was around 450 high performers at Goldman in London, which by the yeah. way, it was, a, it was a really cool experience. Uh,
1: it was, it was, I it we, was in many ways. Yeah,
0: we had like 300 people in the room and 150 on cameras from all over Europe. It was, uh, it was really, uh, really a neat experience. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I, I since then I know that you have also done uh, some some quite amazing work for. You know, business executive and large companies. Can you share a little bit more about how they can use your your breath holding and, and your breathing techniques and, and all the work you do to uh, to increase their performance and also to have a more balanced life?
1: Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole part of breathology, of right? It's to give you more, uh, you can say, life energy, more resilience and, and more happiness, basically. It sounds so Lofty, like oh yeah, of course we all want happiness and and health, right? But but without your health, you're nothing. So you can have all the money in the world, and and people are kind of realizing that. And I I think I don't think you know, especially in this Corona crisis, we had the financial crisis was like a little wake up call, Mm -hmm. like okay, your life continues. Look at your family, you know, appreciate what you have, appreciate your health because that's the the the, your health is your wealth, right? So we kind of got a little wake up call, but we didn't really get it. I think people didn't really get it at the financial crisis. We kind of cruised (laughs) Bye. <laughs> now we have the corona crisis or, or as i like to call it the corona blessing right we'll probably end up seeing statistically that more people will survive in the world because of uh, no air pollution we will probably save 40 50 million lives a year compared to the few million people that will die sadly but they're also the weak and the exposed ones so you know talking from a biological perspective since i am a biologist so talking about cohorts and population biology and this, you know, we're probably going to end up having a net of many, many more people not only living and surviving, but thriving. But, but that was a little uh, bit off your question. Yep. Let me answer your audience here. Yes, I've worked a lot with executives. I've l- worked a lot with Olympian athletes, high performers, basically. Yep. And what I teach them most is that their breath is uh, an incredible gift to um, uh, create what I call relax on demand. Relax on Demand is something I created many years ago in the sense that I wanted to have something that was very um, easy to understand. Uh, and uh, I actually developed it first with the Navy SEALs because I, I don't only work with the Navy SEAL aspirants. They all have to go through a program online. It's mandatory now in Denmark. But uh, we also, I also was so fortunate to have the opportunity to work with the uh, leaders of the Navy SEALs and actually look through all their training protocols and yep. give input on that. And I think I was the first in Denmark able allowed to both see them, but also to kind of give input and, and reformate some of it. And what I noticed, what they, they, they hardly do any breath work and they don't do any work on relaxation. Hmm. so my approach uh, you know the whole first chapter in breathology in my book is all about relaxation I don't even talk about breathwork my online program breathology fundamentals which is like the basic breath course that is meant to be three months long right 12 modules the first module is all about relaxation I don't even talk about breathing because how can you do anything in life (laughs) let's forget about breathing for a moment how can you do any artwork or performance or business work or talk with your peers or your, your your coworkers, if you're not relaxed and coming from a place of grounding and, and um, you know, clarity. If you're stressed and running around and, and having adrenaline in your body and angry and upset and, and maybe working out of fear, you're certainly not taking the best decisions and you're not the best boss. That, that's 100% sure. Mm-hmm. So I created this Relax on Demand where I teach people some very simple exercises. And I will be more than happy to share that right now where we use the best of the human neurophysiology linked to our psychology. And the exercise I usually teach people, high-end uh, performers, executives, but also athletes, is to, 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 to teach themselves this relax on demand. And basically, it's just breathing, sitting up straight. You can lie down, but it's best to sit up straight so you don't fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And usually people sit in taxis or on an airplane or at the desk, you know, at the office. So people are usually sitting. So you just sit up straight, open the chest, open the shoulders. So you open your heart basically so you're more open to the world, but also more open physiologically, right? When you put your shoulders back and, and put your spine a bit straight, you open the lung volume, the lung space. And you also open the heart in the sense that it can pump. It's not contracted and compressed when you're hunching forward, right? So you give yourself the best physiological posture to really breathe optimally. And then you breathe in with your nose. And you breathe in for about four or five seconds. Then you come to the top of the inhalation. I would say about 80% full. Again, if you're a man, don't try to overdo it. You know, it's not a competition. So just go up to 80% of full lung, and then you just let it go. And you exhale double the time. So about eight or 10 seconds. Out through your mouth or your nose. Then you land the, the exhale and you give yourself time, no stress. And this is difficult for stressed people cause stressed breathing is all about in out, in out, in out. The blueprint of a stress breathing is there's no pause. So if you look at your colleague or yourself, you put your video camera, you just watch your, your pal there at the office and they're breathing in and out or even when they're speaking, explaining something, that's because they're under stress. They're in an adrenaline fight or flight mode, meaning mm. they've activated the, the sympathetic part of the nervous system, the adrenaline, cortisol, survival that's where we live 80 80 of the time but it's not the optimal zone
0: exactly you I know imagine. i'm really really curious also at the moment i talk a lot to the heart institute we also use that devices yeah. and, and literally what what heart talks a lot about is also that when you breathe through the heart and obviously we we use a little uh, clip on the yeah. your ear and it's connected to the device and then you breathe in and out uh imagining that you know you see your heart Uh, expanding and you see your heart shrinking right and what they talk a lot about is that when you breathe through the heart imagine you breathe through your heart you also create that coherence and you create that magnetic field around you where not only you get calm but you also calm down colleagues and other people we've had a lot of success in companies bringing that out what what is your explanation to to what it does to you when you breathe through your heart
1: Well, well, let's start with physiology, you know, I think people can relate to that and then we can take the mumbo-jumbo after uh, uh, On the spiritual level, but but you know physiologically speaking when you breathe slowly and relaxed Like I mentioned uh, before you go into this rest and digest the parasympathetic system. What you actually do uh, On a neurophysiological level is that you activate the vagus nerve the Mm -hmm. vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve we have 12 nerves 12 pairs of nerves in all so you can just call them the wires that run from the brain to our body, right? They run and infiltrate all our organs and our muscles. And it's, it's like the connection of our robotic machinery. Hmm. The 10th cranial nerve, vagus, meaning a vagabond or the wandering nerve, is the longest nerve we have. It's three feet long and it runs from the back of your brain into the brainstem. And it's, it's situated where you control your heart rate and your breath rate. So it's the control center of your breathing and your heart rate. Now, when you do this slow exhale, the one to breathing and other breathing exercises, you turn on the vagus nerve. Mm. So you give a little electrical signal to that nerve. Now, that nerve runs from the lower part of your brain, from the brainstem, and it has fibers that run straight into your heart. It also sends fibers straight into your lungs, so you can monitor and strengthen your lung health but also your heart health, and that is where the coherence and the HRV, the heart rate variability, and the synchronicity of the electrical impulse on your heart and the sinus node, that little thing that fires like the regulator of your heart, all that you can control through breathing and through your mind. You know, from being peaceful, blissful, content, uh, thankful, all that calms down your heart, right? And, and it puts it in a balanced synchronicity when it's beating you know when you are angry and upset you can feel pain in your heart or you feel it's like pumping and and bursting or heartbreak you know when you're sad and and feel sorrow or fear fear of getting fired fear of failing fear of not being good enough then it's painful in your heart and in your diaphragm in your solar plexus region you know where we hold hold all the emotions yeah so with breathing you can open the heart and you can open the solar plexus region the area where you feel the tension and the fear Yep. and the the emotions the the depression maybe or the suppression so you can open that through breathing because you actually do have a nerve that runs into your heart
0: i feel so inspired by this you know it's, it's really amazing to have you have I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit more what are some of your role models in your life and you know how have they also inspired you to become who you are today mm-hmm great question well I haven't
1: had many role models and I was not the typical kid, you know, I love to catch animals and run around holding my breath and going on wild adventures. So I was never the guy who kind of had a music group. You know, I was never like putting posters on my wall. I was not, I didn't play soccer. You know, I'm from Denmark like you and in Denmark soccer, football is the biggest game It's a national mm-hmm. sport. I was the only one in my class not playing soccer cause I spent all my time underwater. I was a competitive swimmer from the age of five. So I had other heroes. And, uh, you know, one of my heroes would be David Attenborough, an incredible, you know, (laughs) communicator explaining about the wonders of life and Mother Nature and this creature and how they communicate and how animals work and can change color and patterns and survive in the most arid deserts in the world and in the coldest places on earth and all this and that, you know. So I was a biologist already before I studied biology, if, if that makes sense. You know, I am a biologist by heart, always. Catching animals, drawing animals, observing them, learning from them. I love animals. And I love to tell people about animals, especially kids. Um, so that was a big inspiration, a great communicator. And then I also had another few people, my sw- swim trainer, who was a very loving and um, very uh, clever man he was very strict and a very hard trainer, but he was also very loving at the same time. Very good at, 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 at t- teaching people at their level. He was very individualistic. You know, he was a, a swim coach for the whole team, but he would look at your specific needs and your strength and your weakness. And he was very good at, at, at taking those individual discussions. And, you know, I was a bit of a wild child, had a lot of energy. Had I mm-hmm. been born today, I would probably have 15 different stamps in my forehead, you know, ADHD, this concentration deficit, all this and that why is also why I love to work with kids and breathing to calm them down and help them to focus on their homework and not getting anxious and depressed about exams coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, he is a big inspiration doc Stormark was his name. And then another big inspirator through, uh, my, uh, university years and playing on the Danish national team for underwater rugby. I played for the elite series for 12 years. It's an underwater rugby is a crazy game. You get a ball under the water, it's wow. filled with saline or sugar. So it's a bit heavy. It sinks one meter, so three feet a second. And you play in the deep end of the pool and there are no rules. You go crazy. It's like rugby underwater and you have no rules. It's a insane nuts sport. I love it. I played five years in the national team. You have to be absolutely crazy, nuts, berserk, uh, maniac to play this game, but it's great. And uh, and uh, I learned a lot from that. It's been, an, uh, you know, like uh, select the most crazy sport on the planet, like several years in a row. Mm. It's a great way to get in shape. Let's put it that way. And um, that trainer I had there on that team before I made it for the national team was so full of jokes. He was incredibly talented. Yet he never put people down. He would always trick people and with the ball and he was so playful. So that was a way that inspired me to, in my own way of teaching and, 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 and you know, you have been under my tutelage, so to speak. I've been coaching you mm-hmm. and, you know, the masterclasses I do around the world where I take these 10, 12 business leaders on this high-end retreat once a year. I like the playfulness. I like the approach of explaining to them how amazing the body is and showing them, you know, the playfulness part is very important to me. Yeah. And then I think also work that you do, Ole, is an inspiration, and people that that uh, you know. Since I was very young, my my childhood hero was Robin Hood. It was never James Bond. It was never Jenkins uh, Khan. What is his name? This um, Bruce Lee. You know, I loved the the skills and the incredible uh, uh, kung fu skills, but it was never a childhood hero. And I, as I said, I didn't have musicians or or mu- uh, or uh, video stars. What do you call them? Film stars as my heroes. Mm. My hero was Robin Hood because he took from the poor and gave to the uh, he took from the rich and gave to the poor. And that is a strategy I've uh, adapted in my company, just as you have with your orphanage in India and all this and that, because there is so much richness and so much greed and so much money in the world, too much money. There's enough money for everyone, but it needs to have a better distribution. Food, money, clean water, uh, f- freedom of speech, all those things need need a much more just distribution i actually thought about becoming a lawyer when i was younger and, and dumber <laughs> and more ignorant because i thought i want to be the world a more just place and then i realized you know if you become a lawyer it's even just worse you know? <laughs> so so i i stayed to the i stuck with the biology and medical kind of pathway and athletics pathway um that was you know always true to my heart um so so that as, as itself like with the PTSD liberation workshop being one of the examples I donate to veterans I donate now we just had this project in Denmark we can start talking about where we donated 5000 breathing devices to to a senior citizens that are in the high risk group of, of getting the corona and getting tremendous problems if they end up in mechanical ventilation because their respiratory muscles are not developed and strong as, as younger people so they might be compromised uh, or or in worst case end up dying or at least have very long recovery time uh, after coming out of the ventilators we're actually seeing that now it was in on the news yesterday of course i've known yeah. that for a long time that we we're going to see a huge after 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 match now with with yeah. the recovery of people yeah. from the coronavirus yeah. but anyways i hope that answered your question so so being kind being funny being playful but also giving back yeah. and that is just what you do yeah that's inspirational to me
0: fantastic so the last question I have before we, we round up today is: what does the typical day look for you when it comes to your routine and your habits
1: of course well mm-hmm. I usually try to do a workout every morning because that gets me started so that's yeah. a physical workout combined with some of my breathing exercises Yeah, and then of course I do my either running or swimming. I like that for the cardio And then I will also do breath holding I really like the breath holding part because it gives me this I call it, you know meditation underwater So I like this peaceful place where I I go away from any stress and just go inside of my body Mm -hmm. I can also go out of my body. I can go to different places. I can go to the future I can go to the past in my mind Mm -hmm. when I hold my breath Mm -hmm. So that's what I do and then I of course uh, I, I do. More specific training, depending on if I'm training for a new world record. So, for example, now I'm starting to train up again for a new Guinness World Record. So that has, you know, a, a month's plan, a, a three-month plan, six-month plan with different things I, I want to do. But being an entrepreneur, you know, I'm also very unstructured. And I have team members around the world. We have different time zones, mm-hmm. you know. So I have to be up at night sometimes. I have to get up early in the morning. Um, so my life is not very structured. So that's why I try to put in these little breathing moments and training moments of 5, 10, 15 minutes every now and then and try to have consistency instead of just trying to have two hours every day because that's not possible in my everyday life because I'm flying and and going in so many different time zones. Mm. But it helps me a lot with falling asleep fast. When I go to a new time zone, I'm very good at adapting because I eat the right way when I land. So I eat according to the schedule I come to. And then with my breath work, I kind of can reset my uh, my system and tune into that energy and that that you know day and night rhythm to the zone i come to say i go to malaysia where i live now or i go to mexico or los angeles where i also have a business partner so i go in many different time zones now i'm in europe right now in my spanish home uh, so i have homes all i have a home in denmark also just purchased about a few months ago so mm-hmm. i have different homes around the world and i always try to use my breathing and my eating patterns and my training so I schedule to the new place I come to, yeah. to be ready for that. Yeah, that's that's a trick I, I use, kind of to adapt to that new place, kind of like a chameleon. You you adapt to the right color, so you kind of blend in with the new place you come to.
0: Fantastic, Steve. I mean, this was such a pleasure to have you uh, uh, on the podcast today. I really appreciate that you took your time Um I, love I
1: appreciate it. your invitation
0: yeah. i i really do thank you oh, you're welcome and i i hope we get to hang out a little bit more with with henning and umar also soon uh um, yes we, we had such a good time together so uh so, so let's do that soon when we all are uh in in one one same country yeah um,
1: absolutely
0: there was there was really a lot of great tips and insight for to our audience uh Thank you. How they can be inspired to use breathing and and breath holding to stay fit and to also obviously unleash more, much more of their potential in life. As you said, you know, 60 to 70% is used. So there's still another 30% left that that people can tap into if they really practice your your techniques.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. I also want to say, um, you know, we want to make sure, obviously, to post a link to your website in the resilience community where our audience can sign up for free breast training here in the corona crisis that Steve has developed specifically for that purpose. There's also a possibility there to download an ebook, the breathology book that Steve has written. So with that, I really want to thank you Steve for being here, for showing up today. And, um, and I just want to say also thanks to our audience for listening to our podcast today. With the resilience community, we are here to inspire you on how to increase your resilience and capacity in all aspects of your life, one change at a time. I'm Ola Hoyer, thanks for today. Stay, stay well out there and stay resilient.